Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City on a beautiful February night at the bright red desk. I overslept this morning. Uh, some nights I work a little late. I was up last night, and then I fell asleep in my chair. <laughs> so when I got up and I went to bed, uh, so I have a very comfortable chair here at the, at the bright red desk. When I got up and went to bed, I forgot to set the alarm because it was a little groggy. So anyway, I woke up. And I had a reading this morning, and uh, then I had my party here today. And now they all just left. We had really fabulous pizza and avocado and cheese and wonderful minestrone soup. And I made a delicious vegetable medley, and it was a, and a pizza. We had a fabulous time. And um, samosas and lentil, lentil cakes. It was, we're vegetarians here. Uh, so it was wonderful. We looked at charts. We laughed. We had a wonderful time. And a uh, wonderful time ahead by all. A couple birthdays that we celebrated their solar returns. And now here I am at the bright red desk talking to you. Um, our week ahead is, is a little mellow, okay? So what's going to happen today, and actually kind of already happened, was Mercury uh, is going into Pisces. So that happened at 5.51 this morning, which allowed me to go back to sleep and snooze away. Um, East Coast time, of course. And so Mercury is now going to be in Pisces until April 16th. And you go, whoa, Anne, what does that mean? February through April, I got two months of Mercury in Pisces. And, of course, Mercury doesn't really like being in Pisces because it's dreamy, drifty. Of course, this morning I was in Mercury, Pisces land. I just rolled right over and went to sleep. But Mercury in Pisces is the dreamy, drifty. And, of course, it's in its rulership in Virgo. So opposite the rulership is always the, the detriment. So Mercury in Pisces doesn't always have words. But it has song, it has music, it has poetry, it has swimming, it has dancing, it has singing, it has looking at you with really big eyes, it has all form of um, communication that's silent. And when you gaze into someone's eyes or you you look at them, there was a very cute little uh, thing on Stephen Colbert the other night, he had Glenn Close on, and he had her acting out without words, just doing her facial expressions scenarios and then he did them too it was very cute and of course that's mercury and pisces so stephen colbert always ahead of his time um but so mercury and pisces no words that's for two months people get ready also much more emotional more sensitive more feeling more sometimes a little depressed you know but so what's going to happen is Mercury entered Pisces. And, of course, what that means when he's in the sign for two months is we're going to have a Mercury retrograde, right? So he's going to enter his shadow on February 19th when he gets to 1608 uh, Pisces. And then he's going to station to go retrograde on March 6th, the same day, interestingly, that Uranus goes into Taurus for eight years, um, which kind of indicates it's going to be a big dance or movement or song time in the culture. And then it goes direct, Mercury goes direct on March 29th at 1608, and then he leaves his shadow on April 16th, 2936, and goes into Aries. Now what happens when we're working with a long retrograde, of course, Pisces and communication, think about that, cell phones falling into the the toilet, (laughs) jumping out of your hand into a puddle dropping a glass of water on them. You want to be really careful with your communication devices, your computer keyboards, your pianos, your things that have an opportunity to have water spill upon them and make them go, ooh, I didn't like that. 
and short out or stop working. Pisces also is kind of a little mysterious. You know, we often, you know, my I'm a Virgo. I've got a couple Gemini, strong Gemini woman working for me. One's a Gemini. The other one has a lot of Mercury aspect. We go crazy on the retrogrades because, like, readings disappear. You know, just stuff happens. So watch for the, you know, get ready because you're going to feel it when it shifts. You're going to feel words are inadequate. And and really it is a time of holding and touching. And I remember um, watching someone talk about his mother, you know, retreating into dementia and um, saying something to someone, you know, that she didn't see him, she didn't know him, she didn't. And he, and, the, and the nurse said, well, you know, hold her hand and maybe sing with her. And so he did, and his mother started singing with him. And they sang the songs of his childhood. They sang the songs of her childhood. And that was how they could connect. And then as she uh, left even more, he would sing to her gently. And so Mercury and Pisces is song. So I want you to go dig out your old albums, dig out the music of your childhood, Dig out the music of your young adulthood. Dig out the music that your parents played when you were a kid growing up. Dig out the music that was romantic for you. Dig out the music for when you were, you know, conquering the world or running the marathon or doing your last routine. You know, uh, get your get your playlist up and say, okay, I'm going to go on a musical memory tour over the next uh, two months as Mercury goes through Pisces, and he takes me on the journey, the emotional journey of the music of my life. Go back and do the things you used to like. Did you used to like the Lindy Hop? Did you used to like to waltz? When's the last time you did the Macarena? Hey, maybe a little twist and shout, you know, chubby checkers, put it on, twist, baby, let's twist and shout. Like, go back and reclaim with Mercury, because Mercury is wanting to talk to you through song, through music. Go read poetry. Read poetry out loud. Go listen, you know, just quietly, sit quietly with no noise, lay down, and just silently listen to the world. Because when you're lying horizontal, you're receiving energy from the universe into your body. And just silence, you know, or just even listen to the sounds of silence. I remember when I was a kid, Simon and Garfunkel, my father goes, is that like two people? I said, I don't know, maybe it's a guy named Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> like, remember those things, you know, like the Beatles, my sister screaming at the TV. The Beatles were landing, and my mother, she said to my mother, can I scream? And my mother was like, sure. So I have a distinct memory of my sister lying on the floor screaming at the TV when the Beatles landed at, you know, landed in JFK, or well, I guess it wasn't JFK back then, but landed out in Long Island. So what you want to do with this Mercury and Pisces, and really we got it for two months, so you got time, but you want to kind of go back through the musical memories, back through the emotional feelings, go back and watch those old movies that you really loved, go back and read the old books. We were having a big Jane Austen discussion here in the group and looking at her chart, and everybody was mentioning their favorite Jane Austen movie or their favorite Jane Austen book. And one of my friends said, you know, you really should read them, read Emma, read Pride and Prejudice. Read. And I'm kind of like, I never read any of these when I was a kid. Okay, so go back and read the books that you should have read or read the books that had a big emotional impact on you. In my case, I'd go back and read Narcissus and Goldman by Herman Hess. I remember loving that book. 
and it, it just spoke to me on a deep level. So it's the stuff that speaks to you emotionally and the stuff that speaks to you through things other than words, either through the images, through the feelings, through the evocative energies. And, of course, Pisces is also smell. Uh, one of my friends uh, periodically orders me things and mails them to me, and she mailed me these things for making smells in my shower. And you throw it on the floor, not on a wet part, but in an area where it can get moist and it evokes the smell in the shower. So you're kind of like in a spa shower. So I was looking at him the other day going, all right, I guess this is Mercury and Pisces. I'm going to take a bath with smell, a shower with smell. It's very interesting energy. So kind of watch for it. Pisces is shoes. Maybe look at your shoes, figure out which ones are comfortable. Maybe, maybe you find a new pair of shoes you love or you dig out those old shoes in the back that you used to wear. And, you know, you kind of work with shoe energy because Pisces is shoes and feet and watch your feet. Maybe go get a mani-pedi or go and get a reflexology. Rub your own feet. Rub cream on your feet. When's the last time you rubbed cream on your feet? Rub cream on partner's feet. Pisces is the feet. So as it enters Pisces, we want to honor Mercury and we want to say to him, okay, we're going to spend two months together, guy. And uh, and also, of course, when he's in Pisces, confusion, misinterpretation, emotional upset, not really hearing what they said, hearing it through the fog of Mercury. But, okay, that's part of the deal. And that's also the other part. It's the imagery. When I was younger, my grandmother was a little deaf. She was actually really deaf. But, <laughs> but we would go, Grandma, get a new hearing aid. You know, you're really deaf. She goes, ah, I'm going to die. I don't need to spend money on a hearing aid, right? And we're like, well, you're really kind of deaf. She goes, I'm not that deaf. I just don't want to hear stuff anymore. You know, I've heard enough in my years. And then she would hear somebody say something, and, of course, she's deaf as a post, so they didn't actually say it. And she'd get mad at them. And I'm like, you can't hear anything. You have no idea what these people said. (laughs) Mercury and Pisces. All Mercury and Pisces stories. Why? Get out your water paints. Get out your... Start playing the drums. I just had a phone do a weird thing. Hopefully I'm still connected. Um honoring that energy, right? So Mercury enjoys, invites, encourages, and inspires us to do different things. So I'm going to put it on speakerphone just in case I did something bad with it a minute ago because somebody just left. All right, let's see if that works a little better. Okay, also this week we have a lot of stuff with the sun causing exciting aspects. So what he's going to do is he's going to be – working towards the end of the week with uh, the sun is going to be aspecting Uranus, which is kind of an exciting energy. And he also goes into Pisces next week on the 18th. So this week we have the last decant of Aquarius where we're going to be working with him in terms of his energy and his, you know, kind of having us think in a bigger way. And, of course, when the sun's in Pisces, it's Libra. It's all about partnering. If you look at the heavens, they're in the shape of a bowl means we want to partner, we want to work with people, we want to connect with people, we want to do that collaboration thing. Also in the middle of the week, we're going to have Mars meet Uranus. Now this is the last time Mars is going to meet Uranus for 84 years in Aries, okay? Because Uranus goes next month into Taurus and starts a new journey. So the Mars conjunct Aries, the last degree, 29 degrees of Aries, going to initiate a two-year cycle of Mars Uranus stuff. It also is a pretty volatile aspect. So people have been processing stuff from the Mars Pluto uh, square, but as Mars comes to join Uranus on Wednesday, 
watch for the next couple of days to be a little bit fireworky, people to be a little bit mad. You know, it's a good breakup aspect, Mars Uranus. You know, I'm mad, door slamming, the network guy saying I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, that kind of energy. So you want to just watch with the Mars Uranus for sudden unexpected changes, but also as he comes, he ends something, he initiates something, a two-year cycle, but he also initiates at the last degree of Uranus. So it's kind of an interesting energy because it's kind of supercharges. Uranus is, of course, the planet of explosions, and Mars is the planet of fire and getting stuff going because they're both in fire right now. So I'm going to be kind of curious how that shows up, and that's on Wednesday. The aspect perfects at 1.30 in the one twenty in the morning, which means we're going to feel it this week. We're going to feel it today, tomorrow, whatever. And, of course, with Neptune, Mercury, and Pisces, Pisces also rules gas, so we can have some gas explosions and stuff like that. So that's kind of just a, you know, check your gas, check your fire, smell gas, leave. Um, we also this week have Mars leaving Aries and going into Taurus, where he is going to spend a period of time. He's going to be in Taurus until uh, the 31st of March. Now, Mars technically doesn't like Taurus much because Taurus is the sign of the bull. And it's a little stubborn, and people kind of dig in. It's excellent for getting yourself in routines. Right, so Mercury going into Pisces, Mars going into Taurus. I have two new routines. I got diagnosed with sleep apnea last week, and so I'm going to start sleeping with one of those little machines on my face. But I'm also thinking Mars and Taurus, Mercury and Pisces, maybe this is when I really start committing to, not that I haven't said I'm going to do it, <laughs> but actually doing a daily swim, getting my little butt to the pool and going swimming because I love to swim and then I get busy and I don't do it and, you know, you know how life is. So, but Mars and Taurus is a great time for setting up your routines. So he goes into Taurus and that happens on uh, Thursday at 551. So he's going to be in Taurus for the rest of this month and all of next month, which is a great time to get yourself in some new routines, get yourself in some structure. Mars and Taurus likes to be in a rut. It's happy in a rut. And, you know, if you think of Earth, you know, when you dig a channel, you know, like let's say your basement's getting flooded and you dig a little channel and the water goes another way, that's Taurus. You dig a hole in the Earth, it does not move until you fill it in. So with Taurus... Mars in Taurus, we're all going to be able to dig a hole in our stuff, wherever Taurus is in our chart, and not move from it. It'll be solid, it'll be grounded, it'll want to stay there. And, of course, it likes its routines. Taurus is the sign of the bull or the cow. Sometimes people get upset when you say it's a sign of a cow. But what do cows like to do? They like to hang out in the field. They like to chew a little grass. They like to hang out with the other cows and talk, maybe roll around, scratch their back on a tree. They're not in the mood to fight. They're kind of mellow. It's kind of a kind, loving Mars. Of course, Mars likes to fight. So when he's in Taurus, he's like, i got to be kind and loving. i got to eat grass. And, you know, you always kind of think of the planets as people. And I find it very helpful to talk to them as people. Somebody said that to me the other day. They found that very helpful, thinking of them as people. Think of the planets in your chart as people, too. And they're as old as a little sign with the degree next to them. And then divide the minutes with a little apostrophe after it by five, and that's how many months. So like in my case, my Venus is four years old, and four and a half. And she's, you know, it's very easy to make my Venus happy because I have to do something a four and a half year old would like. It's a little harder when it's a 27-year-old Venus, right? 
So what you want to do is kind of go, okay, how do I make my planets happy? And that's the idea is when we're working with this energy in the sky, how do we make it heavy? So people are going to dig in. They're going to not hear well because Mercury's in Pisces. They're going to dig in. But if you use the positive energy, you're going to go, okay, let me put on the music that I love. And then Mars and Taurus, Taurus rules dance. Let me cha-cha-cha. Let me dance, dance, dance. Let me put on a little Santana and clean my apartment. Let me put on a little Cardi B and banish them. Let me get out Beyonce's baseball bat and go whacking stuff down. You know, that's how we use that Mars and Taurus. So the energy is really productive this week for a lot of new stuff coming in. And, of course, with the Mars-Uranus conjunction, look where 29 Aries is in your chart because that is where this new two-year cycle is kicking up. In my case, it's in the second house of you know, what I offer to clients, so we're going to be offering some classes online, webinars online, because a lot of people write and say, you know, I'd like to study with you, but you're far away. So uh, Uranus is astrology, Mars is taking action, so we're going to put some classes online. Also, at the end of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up, but, you know, we've got the, the last few tickets are available. We're going to release the room block for Italy uh, which means that we're not going to be able to guarantee a room if you sign up late. Uh, but I, somebody asked me, Lo, maybe I don't know enough. What we're going to do in Italy, it's really fun. We're going to have, you know, uh, from the 9th to the 15th between us, and we're going to have four hours of astrology a day. You have a lot of opportunity to work with me, work with other astrologers who are there. You're going to work with your charts. You're going to eat wonderful food. You're going to have yoga classes. You're going to have meditations. There's a spa. There's a little labyrinth you can walk around. You can gaze in the sea. You can read your book. You can sleep. You can eat chocolate. We're going to go shopping in Siena for leather one night and have a dinner under the stars. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. So do not worry if you don't know enough astrology. Um, a couple of people are like, I don't know that I know enough. When you, as I was talking to the woman who's coordinating it, Jane Reeves, she says, you know, a lot. Of, she's run yoga retreats. A lot of people go on these retreats and they think, oh, I should be skinny and I should know my astrology, know my yoga. She says, no, it's really more about you retreating into the vehicle of astrology, retreating in. And I guarantee you, when you come away from the week, you will come away with such a love of astrology such a a respect for its heritage and its insights and how it affects you. And the nice part is we have a whole week to go through a very gentle and a very creative process and also being fed wonderful food. All expenses paid. All you have to do is get your butt to Rome Airport. Everything else is covered. We get you from Rome. We get you back to Rome. And in the middle, everything's handled. Your food, your wine, your drink, your sleeping, your classes, your exercise, your gazing at the moon. Um, And so I want you to think about it as a gift to yourself of, you know, falling in love with astrology again. And I know all of you are in love with it on some level and see it as such a really helpful tool. So just, you know, it's a couple months, it's a couple thousand dollars, it's an expensive thing. But you're really going to find, if you amortize it, and you what you walk away with is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime process. So I hope you'll join us. And then uh, just enjoy Italy. Italy is a tourist country. You know, Mars and Taurus, it's like, oh, man, the food, the wine. Mm. So think about it. Information on my website. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the week. Let's do moons. Okay, this week the moon, right now, as I'm... <laughs> As I'm talking to you, the moon's in Taurus. I hope I made you 
lick your lips. Or actually, it's going into Taurus in a few minutes. It goes into Taurus tonight at 8.30. Um, and is in Taurus tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday through 5.26 p.m. when it goes void with a square to the sun. And then it's void Tuesday night. Now, Taurus moon, of course, is abundance and beauty and grace and springtime and good food and delicious stuff. Void Tuesday night. It enters uh, Gemini on Wednesday morning at 4.32. These are East Coast times. It's in Gemini Wednesday, Thursday. Friday goes void at 7.48 in the morning and goes void with a sextile, moon in Gemini, sextile to Uranus in Aries. It's void for a couple hours, enters Cancer at 9.03 a.m. on the 15th, and it's in Cancer the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, going void at 9.07 a.m. And that day, that weekend it goes void with a square to Uranus. So the beginning of the week is moon square the sun, which invites us to let go of things. The middle of the week is a Gemini moon sextile Uranus saying, well, maybe reposition it, reuse it, re-whatever. So, you know, you're going through, you're cleaning a bunch of stuff out of your house. You've been binging on Marie Kondo on, <laughs> on the TV. And then you go, well, let me repurpose it. You know, I have this really, I found, I was throwing away some stuff the other day, and I found this really beautiful Virgo cup that somebody had given me. And I'm like, oh, it's such a pretty cup, but it's gold, so you can't put it in the microwave. And I'm like, you know what I should do with that? I should re- reposition it. So I put my makeup brushes in it. And it looks really pretty. And it's like this little white pretty cup with Virgo on the side. And I thought, oh, I'm re- repurposing. So use uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for repurposing. And, of course, it's Valentine's Day this week. And uh, Dan Savage always says, have sex before you have dinner. Remember, Mars is going to be in Taurus on the 14th, goes into Taurus that morning. So the Mars changes. gets a little more slow and passionate and he's always like don't go eat a big meal and then go home and try and fool around because you know there's too much food in there (laughs) I remember the first time I heard him say that and I thought you know that makes a heck of a lot of sense Um, so anyway Valentine's Day Mars goes into Taurus that day and then the rest of the week we have a lot of activity this is a very busy weekend coming up the 16th, 17th and 18th it is President's Day weekend so we have the day off on the 18th But we also have a lot of aspects around the moon kind of kicking stuff up and getting us excited and encouraged and asking us to do new things. So the sun this week goes from uh, 21 uh, Aquarius to zero Pisces. goes into zero Pisces next Monday on the 18th. So it's actually this week he's in Aquarius the whole week. But he is talking to uh, Eris a little bit on the 11th, a little cranky crabby. He also has an adjusting energy on the 15th when he argues with the nodes of fate. Now, remember, he's in Aquarius. Aquarius is about freedom. And the nodes of fate are in conservative signs, Cancer and Capricorn. So they're going to ask him to be a little more conservative, and he's going to say, no can do. So you want to make an adjustment to how you work on the 15th. That's the day after Valentine's Day. He is in a little bit of a fight on the 16th with Mars because he's contra-parallel. And, of course, Mars is pretty feisty. He's now in Taurus, and he's arguing with the sun in Aquarius. So it's a little stubborn setup, stubborn setup on the 16th. And then the sun sextiles Uranus on the 18th, which is a really creative idea. Has a trine to Athena, brilliant, brilliant, make sure you do it. It's in the middle of the night, so it might be something you wake up knowing you're going to do. Mercury, as I mentioned, this week enters Pisces on the 10th, and he is then going to zip along to 14 Pisces. That means he's going two degrees a day. He's moving pretty quick, 
Next week he goes into his shadow, not this week. But he does have a nice aspect of a little bit of an argument on the 12th when he fights with Uranus and Mars both. Remember, they're hanging out together. And Mercury's in Pisces in the 12th house, so something may surface or they may say something because they're kind of mean when they're hanging out together and your feelings might get hurt. And it's funny because I was working today when you know when the group was here. I said, you know, I want to give you guys a problem I'm having, and we kind of talked about it. And Mercury in Pisces is like, okay, well, you know, how do I handle it, or how do I say this, or what do I want to do? And of course, you know, Mercury's in Pisces, so it's a feeling thing. And so this week, the twelfth, thirteenth, watch for the opportunity for hurt feelings. And if somebody goes silent on you or somebody swims away, you probably did or said something that hurt their feelings. Mercury hits a Vesta, which is a reorganization of the home and hearth. It also is a hard aspect to the nodes on the 16th, indicating you know a little bit of an emotional break or a little bit of an emotional argument on the 16th. So kind of watch for that. And he also is having a fight in a kind of weird way with Pluto and Eris on valentine's day so mercury is semi-square to both eris and pluto right he's kind of in the middle between them that is not a great indicator for valentine's day being fun uh, because pluto's power struggles or triangles and eris is the goddess of discord who likes to stir stuff up so you know just be aware everybody's a little extra sensitive on valentine's day a beloved might not be happy. And, of course, early that day, Mars goes into Taurus, so, you know, we're working with a whole new Mars, too. Are you mad? No, I'm not mad. You sure? I'm fine. And you're kind of like, oh, I know that voice, right? One of those. Uh, yeah. Mercury parallels Neptune. You find out what they're mad about on, on February 18th. There was a really cute movie that just came out. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I've just seen the clips. What Men Want. So they were interviewing the guy, and they asked him, would he like the power to know what his girlfriend was mad about? And he said, or would like the power to hear her, which he said. And he goes, I don't really, I don't really think so. He said, you know, but it would be helpful when she's mad at me, because then I wouldn't have to call her mother and her sister and her best friend to find out what I did wrong. So just kind of know that the energy this week, if you don't tell them, they don't read minds. you got to tell them what you're mad about, or at least give them the opportunity to fix it or address it or maybe go, gee, my bad, I didn't make to mean to make you feel bad. Mercury parallels Neptune on the 18th, giving you the opportunity to apologize for bad behavior if you did it. And if you didn't mean to do bad behavior, and you can kind of go, well, I can see why your feelings might be hurt. Apologize anyway. Take the high road. Be kind. Uh, Venus this week, Cappy, Cappy, Cappy. She's a Cappy girl. She's on the 18th. Now, you've heard me mention the 18th a few times, right? So we know the 18th is kind of loaded. So she is aspecting the nodes of fate on the 18th. She has a lovely sextile to make her dreams come true on the 17th. And she meets up with Saturn on the 18th. So when Venus meets Saturn in Capricorn, and she's going to be triggering the eclipse degrees, so she can bring up stories from the beginning of January when we had that eclipse and want to push you. And then she has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate um, in Capricorn, right? So she's going into the south node on the 18th, which is release, let go, break up with, you know, that kind of energy. Or say, you know, I'm done with this and it's finished. And even though that lovely Virgo mug looks great with my makeup brushes, you know, maybe I'm going to put them in the cupboard and maybe I should just, Donate the makeup brush, right? Donate the mug. That kind of energy. 
Mars this week, 29 Aries, 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 meets up with Uranus on the 13th, big explosion. Opposition to Eris, I'm sorry, opposition to Athena. So you're going to have an idea that somebody might not like, but that's okay in, in encouraging you to use it in a new way. Mars, as I mentioned before, goes into Taurus for until the end of March on February 14th, bright and early in the morning, 5.51 East Coast time. And Mars has a semi-square to Neptune, which is also a little bit of a dreamy, drifty aspect, and that's about 8.30 on Valentine's night, uh, just for your time zone. Mars, semi-square, Neptune. Again, be a little careful with those words or how you're, how you're, don't forget the car, don't forget the Valentine's present. I know it's a made-up holiday and yada yada, but be nice to the people. Uh, this week also Eris, I'm sorry, Pallas Athena stations to go retrograde at 29 Libra, so she is opposite Uranus giving you breakthroughs, and Chiron enters Aries, which is like, I could do a whole lecture on that, but the British lady says I'm out of time. So Chiron's entering Aries, which kicks us out into a whole new energy. Of course, he does the last little hee-haw on, uh, the, as he gallops through the last bits of Pisces, and that he enters Aries on February 18th at 407. Um, we're also doing a workshop next at the end of the beginning of March on horary, mundane, and electional. And people have asked if they can buy by day rather than the whole weekend. So I'm going to go change that now so people can buy by day as opposed to buying the whole weekend, but really the whole weekend's worth it. Um, and so you can buy one day instead of the whole thing. Uh, and that's on my website too. So hope you have a great week. Remember, it's a lot of energy out there. All these planets changing signs, all these planets arguing with each other, and your job as an astrologer, when people ask you, you say, be kind. Best thing to do is be kind this week. Where's the kindness? Focus on the kindness, because that'll help everything go a little bit better you know that whole mary poppins song a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down helps with heart helps with hard aspects too all right that's ann ortley signing off for the week catch you all next week next week we'll be on in the morning because uh i'm not gonna oversleep <laughs> take care and have a good week bye all <laughs>